I'm very excited to introduce Sonia Dyakova as my next guest in this collaborative series with RG, Alliance Graphic International. Sonia is an old friend of mine who continues to go from strength to strength in everything that she does. She's also the head of an award-winning visual communication agency, Atelier Dyakova, based in London. Before starting her own studio, Sonia actually worked for me for three years in our London studio. She later worked with the iconic British designer and Pentagram founder, Alan Fletcher, at Pentagram Press, where she was responsible for the design of books ranging from contemporary art and design to architecture and photography. Her approach is firmly rooted in conceptual and typographic experimentation, developed through research with attention to tactile details. Sonia was responsible for the redesign of Freeze magazine, as well as the design and art direction of Freeze Masters publication. In 2011, she received a Grand Prix from the Tokyo Type Directors Club, and in 2013, she became a member of AJI. Hey, Sonia. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. You're okay? You know, the sun is shining. Yeah. <laughs> and you? No, I'm good, thank you. I just uh, had a, a long day working yeah. from home. Um, it's dark. Oh. The clocks have gone back or forward or whatever they No, no, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I never know. <laughs> you never know. How, when was the last time we spoke? Was it like, I think it's probably via text probably a year ago. Um I can't remember if we spoke I know. You, face-to-face. Did we? You gave me some good advice. Oh, that's right, that's to, right. To figure, out, to figure out what I want. So, so, so I Sonia, figured out what I want. But you, you did? Yeah. Okay, good. And then and this whole kind of pandemic came along to inconvenience everybody. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah. And I, you and I worked together, God, a long, long time ago now. We're back in Great Sutton Street in... Um, How many? East London in uh, Clerkenwell. Yeah. Um, probably, mm. what was that, 1990? 1990, wasn't it? No, not 1990. I, I started in 1994, so it must have been like oh. a, f- a few years <laughs> after that. Um, yeah. But I remember it was so cool working together in the studio. There was only like four of us, I think, wasn't it? I mean, my memory is appalling. Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, yeah, and, it was Melanie Muse and... Yeah, so we had a Russian, a German, we had an Irish. Was it uh, an Irish guy? I can't remember. It was a, Welsh. 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 That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, those were those are wonderful, fond memories. And um, what what I love is the fact that you know I'm now based in Sydney. You're you're in London. Uh, people like Matt mm-hmm. Willie's in New York, and uh, a whole bunch of people are all over the world. And and it's kind of so cool that to see. Um, how you've evolved as a as a person, as a mother, a designer, and um, you know, mm-hmm. established an incredible reputation for yourself. You know, recent AG member uh, as well, well, a few years ago now. Yeah, um, exciting. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it's 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 been really cool to see you kind of grow um, as a as a person, and uh, always have this wonderful Thank memories you. of us laughing, joking around together. <laughs> Fingers stuck That's in the thing. door. We we had so much fun. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> we did great work and we had a lot of fun at the same time. Um, That's the key, I think. You were very good at taking the piss out of if me. You're not having, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're not having fun, then there's really no point. No. Do, would you agree? Are you having fun now with your team? 
Um, <laughs> I just had a I just had a management <laughs> meeting. Uh, I just had a management meeting for three oh. hours on 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 um, on Teams, which is very different experience to what it normally is because normally you're in the studio together yeah. and you all kind of have a yeah. chat and share some croissants and things like that. Have a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very it's a it's a nicer environment, I think, the physical uh, interaction than the than the digital one. But it, we don't know how long this yeah. is going to last for. It could be months, so we need to get used yeah. to it. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 your team and your people are uh, are your family, extended family, and they're a very important part of of your life, an important part of um, doing great things and delivering on you know, keeping happy clients and all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll talk more. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more That's about basic. that. Um, you know your business yeah. and how you how you've grown and all that. But when, what we should talk about is you know how you're currently navigating the situation. You kind of started already talking about um, sitting in your balcony and taking turns. You know, one day on, mm. one day off. And I can totally understand mm-hmm. the. Uh, although my kids are older, I can totally understand the with younger kids how hard um, it can be. Um, as wonderful as kids mm. are, you know, thank God they're schools. And places that they can go to, <laughs> go to for most of the day, totally, <laughs> or relatives or whatever. But with this current situation, it's putting a lot of people under a lot of pressure, and um, in a way, kind of mm. making us deal with things that we've kind of, I guess, uh, delegated to others um, over time. In our modern worlds, so we kind of tend to get other people to do the cleaning and the schooling and all that. And ha- so, mm. how, how are you generally coping with that, as well as running a running a business? Well, sometimes well, sometimes not very well. You know, it just goes in waves. Um, I think, you know, in general, I feel that I keep reminding ourselves that uh, we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. So we have a nice flat with a good view. And, you know, we are not living in bad conditions. And we have a, a good family. So I I think about people who are single mothers who are running their own business, for example, and I can't imagine what that's like. So mm-hmm. we support each other, husband and my husband and I, mm-hmm. we swap and help each other and even be flexible when, you know, if I say I've got a deadline, can I work two days in a row? You know, um, he's not too happy about it, but he'll say, you know, he'll say, yeah. So, we it's we're we're having to sort of redefine the whole way of how we're dealing, you know, with running the business. And um, at first, I really was reticent, and I said, "I need my studio. I need my space." Mm-hmm. It's amazing how you can sort of adapt, and really, you can work anywhere because you've got your head. And we, you know, we have technology, and mm. I have a small team. I have two people working uh, remotely, and mm-hmm. so thankfully, because it's small, I can sort of manage it by just chatting and sharing screen and so on. Yeah. So recently, we just sent out a big presentation for an identity, and um, yeah, it's uh, it works, but it, it is just making it harder by... Um, also, there's no separation, you know, you're at home all the time, so... Yeah. Uh, the hours can just very easily be um, blurred. And also, there are no weekends anymore. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I, I know that on Saturday might... Yeah, right? You mm. can just carry on working yeah, on yeah. and on. Um, 
you realize the social structure of our sort of society. We, in a way, there are, there are boundaries when, you know, usually Saturday, Sunday, we can have family time, but now it's all blurred together. And for example, my husband now works on Sundays because it's a day when I don't have to speak to my team, mm-hmm. but um, he could be working. So it's sort of like completely readjusted, even the the week structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- there are positive things, you know. Um, for example, when I'm working at home, we can have we can all have lunch together as a family every mm. every single day. Yeah. Um, whereas in school, you know, you just don't see the kids, and um, you know, it's nice. So when I used to go to the studio um, just for a couple of weeks, I was on my own in an empty building eating mm. some sandwich on my own. <laughs> it was really sad. Yeah. But, you know, and also there is no commute time. Um, at the end of the day, we turn up music and, you know, the kids are dancing in the kitchen with me. Oh, cute. Um, and sort of just let, you know, it's nice. And I, I, I cook for them. And I'm also really grateful for a partner who is completely on board with sort of sharing every bit of responsibility, including cleaning, including, you know, errands and cooking so i think that's another thing to be grateful for um i can't imagine you'd have it any other way yeah (laughs) ed can you clean that bloody house (laughs) i know exactly what you mean yeah 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 exactly um (laughs) you make it sound so so like (laughs) you make it sound Um, so tranquil um yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or just the, even the look is enough <laughs> <laughs> the domestic bliss but I love that you know I love <laughs> <laughs> you know every marriage is, um, has its difficulties but I I do I am so so glad that we have in a way a democracy democracy in the house and I think mm. this is something that I really strongly believe in yeah um, that aspect in the house and also beyond beyond the house you know i think equality starts at home really yeah. wow that's a great uh, statement and yeah i i mean this is what we're teaching also to our young children because this is what they see mm. and take as normal yes and if they you know if they see a mom who is doing all the cleaning and all the cooking yeah um you know it builds a certain picture in their mind as well and they will carry, you know, repeat that probably yeah. in their family. Yeah, but, totally. um, yeah, I think, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're working on interesting projects and thankfully we have, um, we have enough work right now, mm-hmm. um, to, to get on with the, the worry is about new projects and whether they will come in or not for a while. So we just have to be, I think, patient, mm. um, I was reading an article where it was saying that it's, you know, it will, might take a while. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of more of a marathon rather than a sprint. Mm-hmm. So if we sort of run very fast now and try to be super productive and, um, you know, just sort of demand from our children to do their schoolwork and mm-hmm. everything has to be a certain way, we're just going to hit a wall, you know. Yep. 
um, I think we need to pace ourselves to to also allow ourselves to process what is happening. You know, not I think a lot of people, including myself at first, were sort of in denial about you know just keep it as normal and carry on. Mm-hmm. But you do have to allow yourself to process what is actually happening. And it's really a tragic thing. Yeah. Um, that we can't really blame on anyone else but ourselves. Um, what well, are your thoughts about that? Well, that that's yeah. about. Well, I, I I have the same I have the same, similar feelings. Um, and you know I, I remember uh, three weeks ago or maybe four weeks ago when we decided to get our team out uh, of the studio and into their own homes. Um, that was felt like an emergency. It felt like there was something coming. And this is scary and a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. around that. I definitely felt that it'd be faster in terms of the way I thought the government would act quicker and lock us down earlier, but um, it went on for a few more weeks after that. Yeah. But I remember just sitting there in the studio. I was the last one there and I went back in again to get a few valuables just in case, the <laughs> worst case scenario. Um, but mm, I, I, right. I, I, and- I, I was in there just going, oh my God, I feel so sad that this wonderful bustling place is probably up to about 50 people and meetings and the energy and the music and coffee and all these things that were very much part of the the vibe was just absolutely like crickets. It was just quiet and empty in the middle of the day, which was unusual, Um, not on the weekend, but on uh, during the week. And I just felt this terrible feeling of sadness and, and felt like you kind of go into this kind of feeling of I'm very, I'm very dramatic. So I go in and a very feeling person, but I went into kind of this feeling of mourning of, of loss, you know, the, this might not be, it might not ever be the same again and possibly dramatic, but probably maybe, maybe this is, it's going to change the way we work and the change that we run our businesses going forward because um, there's uncertainty in the bad things, but also there's, there's also good things out of this, which is um, possibly more efficiencies and, and, you know, a far quicker embracement of technology. Mm. Um, and it's just proof that yeah. you can work anywhere. I mean, we're lucky in what we do as a business that you can take a laptop or a computer and you could sit anywhere in the world in a plane, in a hotel, in a park, in, a, in your office or in a, your home and still be able to do the things that you do um, yeah. apart from the physical interaction, which I... I like as well the kind of the the unplanned kind of bumping into people mm. and the conversations that come out of that is kind of cool. Right now, it feels far more calmer yeah. working from home. It feels quieter at times, um, and it also mm-hmm. feels it it is elements of it feels much more efficient to me. I know some people say it feels less efficient, but there's definitely more time to think, mm-hmm. perhaps, um, and you need to be more. It's less random, I think, in terms of this is just in terms of how we are we're currently working. Yeah. So I yeah, I'm interested to see. Do you mean when you say random? Yeah. When you say random, do you mean decisive? Or no, I I think um, I think in terms of like meetings in the studio, for example, there's always someone that comes late, or there's always someone right. that leaves early, or there's like, you know, someone walks in. Oh, what was this mm-hmm. meeting? What was this meeting about? Um. And there's a lot, a lot of time and disruption that happens. <laughs> was I meant to be in this meeting? Um, <laughs> oh my god, we have so many meetings. No, that's that's the kind of comment normally happens in the beginning of a meeting. Um, we need to reduce the meetings that we're having. But now it just feels like because everything mm. everything's done through the 
you know, teams or some other, I'm not going to even say that, I'm not going to promote that business even further, the kind of the conference, uh, video conference uh, mm. business. Um, but it, th- those are all scheduled in advance. You click on it. you got to be there at the right time. It's set for a period of time. Everybody has the opportunity to talk yeah. within that conversation. Um, and I yeah. just think it's, in a, with that regard, it feels far more even and more efficient because it's like it's, you're doing it with a, with a specific time and everyone's listening and communicating in turn. Um, I find that I find yeah. that far more efficient personally, but some people will find that really frustrating. Anyways, mm. it's more, what we do is more mm-hmm. than meetings, but meetings is a big part of, uh, of any project. And certainly in the beginning of a project, when you get to know the client, I find that the best bit. Someone you don't know, mm. um, some, you, yeah. you meet up face-to-face mm. in their office and have a chat about stuff. They pull out references and all that kind of stuff. It's such a wonderful, organic kind of discovery session. I love those, and I miss those um, those particular sessions. Mm. Yeah, like visiting a new project on the site and finding yeah. out. what It's like a new challenge, isn't it? Is that what this exciting? Yeah, it's all brand new. Something that's not yet known, mm. Mm. and you have to crack it. <laughs> yeah yeah and so um, that, is, that is exciting yeah no it is it is exciting um i guess for a long time i was been last few years i've been questioning the whole design business and and that's not just because i'm bored or anything that but or or my age it's more around mm. the business model and the cha- the changing landscape of our industry and um you know, how other organizations are getting much more into creativity and utilizing data um, and more um, to get deeper insights, etc. So there's there's this changing landscape that is very much on my mind, and I guess this has kind of given me the time and the world the time to kind of have a, a think about how, how might we do this differently. Um, what are the options? It'd be interesting to see what, mm-hmm. com- what comes out of that. So when, you, when we work together... What do you think about... Yeah. No, go on, go on. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Oh, no, I just... Um, I meant to be interviewing I, I, you, it, by the way. It got me thinking about... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it got me thinking about, just, you know, after this is over, can we not go to four days a week uh, schedule? Yeah. Like, um, some, you know... Or every two days. Two, every other day you're working. I think it's a balance of... <laughs> I, I just think the, the balance of family and or personal time and work is just we're kind of in a in a race, you know. Every single day has to be filled with productivity and work, and I think it's something that is quite a lot of pressure yeah. we're putting on ourselves. I know, but anyway, go ahead. Well, no, that's that's kind of you highlight a point where we we've been running for a very long time, haven't we? Uh, We've been out, mm. out of balance with the world, out of balance with ourselves and probably relationships and our children, et cetera, and our environment. I think that um, mm. this has made, forced people into potentially slowing down, spending time with their their family um, or, or, or alone, um, spending, spending more time maybe in the places that we're, are, are more, we're more uncomfortable um, you know, I, I I keep busy and I rush off here, rush off there and go to the studio a lot and meet people and all that kind of stuff because I actually, you know, why is that? I just like being busy, but am I am I trying to run away from from things? Am I trying to distract myself from 
you know, too much time in my own head, uh, too much time thinking or overthinking things, you know. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's just let's just talk about let's just talk about you because I remember when you 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 kind of knocked on my door. You applied for a job. I think you came from California, right? But you were Russian. Um, yeah. Tell me, yeah. tell me yeah. about it because I've kind of I've, I've forgotten all the details, sadly. <laughs> so um, yeah, I uh, we used to live in Siberia, mm-hmm. and uh, when there was a big wave of immigration um, from Russia and Gorbachev allowed, um, you know, opened up the doors and we claimed refugee status and, and we moved to California with uh, my mom and my brother, my uncle and um, my cousin. So uh, my father, uh, my parents are divorced and he stayed uh, behind and yeah, our lives became very different from that point on. Um, and so I studied in California um, and after sort of um, in our last year in my last year of college um, a friend of mine said hey let's go to London you know I have a friend there and um, I just got really excited about just an idea of going somewhere beyond what I know mm-hmm. and it sounded really cool and of course, it was a mecca for London is a mecca for design. So I got really um, sort of inspired by this trip. And by the time, you know, when we were visiting this friend of hers, I already had kind of my list of studios I wanted to work with. I I went to visit them. I went to talk to lots of people. And it was amazing. You know, people were very receptive and um, invited me in, allowed me to come show them my portfolio. And so I already kind of had my idea of maybe staying here. Um, and we crashed out on a sofa of a friend and the friend that I was traveling with, she was going to visit museums and, you know, so on. And I was just visiting all these studios. And so that's how I I um, eventually I found you in um, DNA D book out of all places, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, that looks really like great work. Um, a studio that produces great work, so I really want to get in touch with them. And mm-hmm. I produced a little book that I would send out to people, so that I wouldn't be someone who's just sort of coming out of the blue. But I have send something ahead of time Mm. and so it would sort of hopefully peak interest um, and I made something that was quite difficult to throw away because it was hand bound a little hand bound book I've still got that somewhere (laughs) actually in a drawer it's beautiful really oh my gosh it really stood out for me oh sweet yeah so I just wanted a chance to kind of get someone's attention and and to and to learn from them and luckily I remember, you know, I remember very well our first meeting in that little kitchen, you know, in the corner mm-hmm. of the studio. And I was so excited to get that. I mean, it was really like a super pivotal moment. And in a way, it was so great that it was almost too difficult to deal with 
when I actually got the chance to to stay in London to um, to be in the studio that had all these dream clients, I almost couldn't handle it. Um, I think a lot of people talk about that. You know, when you you know you're ambitious and you have dreams. When you actually get those dreams come true, you're like, oh, now how do I how do I deal with this? And I think there was an enormous sort of mismatching of, yes, it's, this is what I wanted, but I felt I didn't have enough skills to kind of um, prove myself or show what I can do. You know, it took a long time sort of for me to feel like what I was doing belonged to me. Mm. It felt like someone else doing it. It was really weird. <laughs> um, I really tried my best to to be helpful and to to learn, but I just think being there, being part of that team, was you know an incredible experience. Even just yeah, be, just witnessing and learning from every little piece of information that came mm. came each day through the day you know even I don't know just even going to get milk or going to the bank you know there are simple things that um, were, you, you went to you the know, bank a learning curve for sure <laughs> I wonder where that money <laughs> went it never actually went into my account that's when <laughs> that's when people used to pay by checks right hey, Sonia can you get some milk and drop uh, off this really check <laughs> <laughs> at the Russian embassy I think you gave me some the deposit yeah <laughs> my god remember that that's so antiquated now was isn't that? it yeah five dollars for a logo it was that hsbc on the corner yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah oh no but i think it's funny because you talk it about that being, being a long time i i didn't i thought you picked it up really quickly because you're naturally talented and very sociable um i think that Aww. i think once you kind of you know, we. I think with any business, it takes time to kind of get to know people and and, and certainly the way of working. Um, mm. I certainly hope it wasn't a dictatorship, but for me, it was actually early days for me as well Not in terms cool. of in running a business, and it was all very new and delegating and um, uh, all that was quite new uh, as well. But I think that you know, I didn't realize that. Oh right, um, yeah, that was true. <laughs> it's a true story, um, but. <laughs> Um, it was, you know, you kind of still today. You're learning as you go, but it was. Um, mm. No, I think you're you're one of the kind of the key talents that I'm. I'm so happy that discovered or had the opportunity to work with, um, because once you got through that maybe that possible nervous period that you were in, you you actually just blossomed and and flew. You know, you kind of um, mm. incredible eye for detail. Um, and, <laughs> no, seriously, you're very just, kind. Okay, I'm making stuff up now, but um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. No, you, it's just the, 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 the passion for doing things well. Like you have such high standards mm. and um, and such incredible design, such incredible design talent. And you know, it's it's really cool to see because we worked on a few books together and a few brand projects, and I can't remember all the specific details mm. of what they were, um, and had a lot of laughs along the way. Um, but then you went Definitely. to work. Okay, something happened. You went to work for Fiden, right? Or was there something in between that? Yeah, there was a, a little thing in between. So I went to work um, for Care Noble, the studio of Chris uh, Care and Amelia Noble. 
and it was a tiny studio um, who were doing projects, um, very interesting projects, uh, but it was a really small setup. And I think that was kind of the next step where I learned, um, you know, their approach was very much sort of, um, they were really into bespoke type and uh, kind of off-the-wall ideas. <laughs> mm. And, yeah, I think it was really useful. And then and then I went to um, Fiden. And I think there, was a, there became a point where I was sort of, um, I was looking for the next step. And uh, I was recommended, or I, I was sort of tipped um, off about the position at Fiden by Angus Highland at Pentagram yeah. and um, so he connected me with Amanda Retro Biden yeah. and I went to um, to to be interviewed and the position was for a, a design manager and I, I haven't managed anything in my entire life <laughs> <laughs> I sort of um, you know, I was really I was really young and I you know but I did say that I really love books mm. and I loved working and I think maybe that that helped to kind of get me in there and I just was so excited about working with Alan Fletcher who was their creative director oh my god so once Genius. a week um, we would have a big meeting with him and uh, yeah it was just such a treat to get to know him even a little bit because this was already towards the end of his life um, and he was already not well but uh it was amazing experience. It also mm. sort of really, it was tough because um, I understood, I didn't have kids then and I understood that this was my chance to really work on some wonderful books. Mm. But during the day, there was a lot of sort of um, meetings, like you say, and yeah. because it's a big organization, so there was a, a lot of sort of structure imposed uh, there were some meetings where I was just thinking, why Why am I sitting here? I don't know why I'm here. Um, but so during the day, I would do that and manage designers. Um, that was my job to kind of guide um, designers who are working on books, you know, and connect them with the editors and kind of be the liaison between the two. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, when everybody would go home, yeah. well, I was, of course, yeah, I was sort of the link and I was in between. So sometimes the editor or the publisher say, would say, oh, this doesn't work because of ABC. And my job was to go to the designer and explain and maybe try and kind of help to to understand what the issues are. Um, it's an interesting uh, kind of uh, exercise. And I think I just keep remembering those meetings with Amanda as well, mm -hmm. design meetings where yeah, we would have amazing. on a big round table. Yeah, she really is. Um, you know, she would lay out all these pages and proofs and so on. And just looking through um, page after page and, it's like a, a game, you know, you have to visually catch things that are off or not quite right or, you know, and so you kind of train your eye to spot spot the little thing, mm. like a widow or yeah, yeah. A, 
a bad rag or, or this color is awful. Actually, this is a completely different typeface, you know? And so it's a, it's a, it was a brilliant training for, for kind of your eye and the, and also just being challenged by all these different ideas because we would be covering lots of different books on different subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, it's like a art of critique, right? Mm-hmm. And keeping in mind, uh, keeping an open mind because you would be um, dealing with lots of different designers who would have different approaches. Mm. I, I mean, I remember also learning about commissioning illustrators and uh, this one moment I remember very well when we commissioned Black Solex to design um, a cookbook and he's a brilliant illustrator. He's an artist, really. Um, when we first received uh, an idea for the cover from him my first reaction was oh you know it's not what I imagined (laughs) and the thing is that then Amanda said well you just have to let you know just sit on it just let let it be and don't try to change every single thing about it and this was such a you know invaluable lesson Mm. because what I've learned is that if you try to change all of that, and maybe the artist would be willing to do that, in the end, you'll have a result that neither you nor the artist will yeah. be happy with. Totally right. So it's just so difficult. And I completely right. Because, you you know, if you, you think you know better, but in the end, um, you have to respect the person that you're commissioning to a point where you have to accept, you know, their way of doing things and that it's not you who's doing things. I think control is some something that I've always, you know, I, I love control, <laughs> mm. but you have to let go sometimes and you have to allow other opinions and other ways of doing things. And, and then our work will be better because of that. Totally, but I, totally agree. I'm working on that every day. It's difficult. You know, it's a common thing that in terms of um, yeah. a lot of designers think that they have to do it all themselves or they have to have, it has to be their idea or, um, you know, if mm. someone else interprets it differently, it's like, oh, that's not what I thought, so I need to fix it and direct them back to what I want. <laughs> I, I actually find that the, um, you know, it's, it's something yeah. that you learn over time and it might be because of time because it's like you don't have as much time as you used to have, but to let it, to, to get on with something else or to leave it and to come back to it and actually... I think more often than not, you really appreciate the the difference uh, it is that, that's been created. So the yeah, it's not what you expected, but bloody hell, it's good. It's good. It, in fact, it could be it's better because it's not mm. something you anticipated, but you gave it. You gave this person the opportunity to interpret it or to do something which is made taken to another level. I love that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, on my wall by my computer in the studio, I have a a quote from. Also, like a motto from what Pentagram set out to do, and what was their kind of motto. And the first thing that it states is that every problem has an infinite um, number of solutions, and you have to accept that. You know that many of those solutions are viable and and are correct. So it's just um, that's something that I have to keep in mind when working that uh, to kind of embrace the variety and otherwise everything will start looking the same. Mm, 
totally agree. Totally agree. And some, sometimes I worry about that, you know, about myself that sort of keep coming back to the same to the same solutions because our brain is trained that way. It's um, mm. you know, we our brain will basically do the easiest <laughs> the easiest solution that you already know, mm-hmm. and it will it's natural. But um, we have to question ourselves why why this solution and why not that. And I think, yeah, being able to articulate why something works and why you like something and being honest with yourself, you know, quite often I look at something and say, I love that. But then I think, why do I love that? Because is it because I've already seen something like that? (laughs) Mm. You know, our our minds recognize something that's familiar and we like that because that's human being, (laughs) human nature. Oh my God, my child is freaking out. I can hear having <laughs> meltdown. That's right. Um, <laughs> Sorry. What do you want to do? Do you want to pause it? Do you want to sort it out? No, it's fine. Yeah, got it. No, no, it's oh. all right. My husband's on it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sitting on it? Sometimes you just sitting... let, it, let it ride out. Yeah. Yeah. Just put <laughs> this on pillow it. over your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, that's, that, that's interesting that I think, I mean, Book publishing is a, oh my god I love I love books and um, designing books is always yeah. a huge passion and it's just in terms of the I guess it's like the book is like a brand it's like a person it's like a it's a story it's like a has a beginning and an end it has a face it has a cover it's like mm. it's it's a packaging and it's like a journey there's, there's so many different um, um, experiences and actually levels of your creativity that you are utilized in, you know, designing a book. Um, it's just always wonderful mm. taking something which is just like, uh, you know, pages and pages of, of content and turning it into something physical, turning it into something pleasurable and, and enjoyable and uh, compelling and doing justice mm. to the content and um, giving it, letting the content be the, um, the guide and let the, let the content come forward, if you like. How do you... I mean, I guess yeah, over, over years you've done thousands of books now. Um, I think I've only done 50, but you've done thousands of books <laughs> and um, <laughs> all different shapes and sizes. And what, what is the, the, the biggest thing you've learned from doing those? Um, to, as you say, the content comes first and my kind of interest comes second. <laughs> or my my... The, my interest is the content. Basically, I love, you know, learning about new, new artists, new um, things. And so each time that I design a book, I get to learn all about this person or a subject. So, you know, whether it's a book about sculpture, and I don't really know anything about sculpture, I get to have a whole like immersion period of just mm. learning and thinking about sculpture. And I, I just find that so amazing as a process. Mm. And it's scary at the same time and sort of challenging. But I think this, um, I see this period as a kind of, it almost takes over you. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it, if you're an actor and you are preparing for a role, you immerse yourself in being this person and I feel like I immerse myself in this subject matter what is it about and um, 
I guess also I see uh, book design is almost like filmmaking or it's it's storytelling and you need all these different sort of ways of um, making it interesting but at the same time respecting the subject matter and um, thinking about, for example, the pace mm. of uh, where should things go how should it start, you know, mm. why should it start that way? I think all of those things are so incredible. Um, I think it's very similar to, you know, making a film or writing a, a song. I don't know. I, I think it's, um, I think it's a mixture of things. So it's kind of, on one hand, very emotional. On the other hand, it's very technical. Because also you have to keep, you know, keep in mind if you want to achieve certain things, if you want to lay things out in a certain way or use certain materials, you need to know the technical capabilities or limitations of printing process Mm -hmm. and binding techniques. Um, And sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes it's difficult to achieve what you want to achieve sometimes there are um, budget limitations and it can be frustrating as well but um, you know it also can be a, a blessing you know you mm. can find when you have challenges you can sort of use them to your advantage and just say okay well um, I'm going to go completely different route mm. and I think this also idea of not being wedded to, to something so being wedded to a point <laughs> mm-hmm. until you can't do anymore yeah. and then knowing when to say you know what this is not working I have to go around this in a completely different way mm-hmm. um, just recently we were working on a, on a book for Alina Saposhnikov and I was convinced that the book has to be covered in gauze <laughs> um, and you know we did we created a dummy and, and then at the end we realized that the gauze was blocking the image that was underneath and you just simply couldn't see it and it wasn't working. So just letting go of things that are not working and and finding other solutions without sort of being too attached to them mm. is good practice. Um, but yeah, um, it's really fun. I love, I love doing books and um, the thing is that you kind of realize doing books and other design sort of projects is it's not that different um but i guess as you said the book has that magical sort of it has the front the back the it's such a old form of mm. you know communication yeah. <clears throat> and so and then uh, it can be so different we have so many books <laughs> yeah. and they're all different so um, that's what's kind of amazing that you can, with each new project, you can sort of really have new challenges, new questions, how to solve something. Because mm-hmm. each time it's um, it's a different it's a different challenge. So what was it like? Um, um, you you went from yeah. you went from um, design studio. You went client side when you went to Fiden. Um, and I guess Fiden's kind of very much mm. a creative organization as well. So it wasn't like you were in a big corporate organization, but it's quite a big, sure. a big publisher at the time. 
Um, what was that? How did that feel adjusting yeah. to being in a big organization or a bigger, bigger place? Oh, it was definitely an ad- adjustment curve um, because I was so used to and I loved having a small setup. And in a way, um, coming back to that small setup hmm. this time on my own, yeah. it was such a such, such a great thing. Um, I think that um, a bigger organization is brilliant because you can obviously produce more or you can achieve more. Um, with a bigger team and so on, mm-hmm. but uh, it was I was I definitely had to adjust. Um, but at the same time, I kind of had a little, you know, I was lucky they gave me a um, very nice desk with a lot to say, uh, with a nice view over the canal, and um, I, it almost almost was my mini studio within a company, and people would come over and hang out and. You know, I stuck lots of things on the walls to kind of help me to make my kind of creative space. Um, but I think there was a lot of hierarchy and, you know, to navigate uh, who is who, who is doing what, who's responsible, you know. So, so I think that was something that was, you know, something new to learn. Mm. And But I think learning about that helped me to also be prepared for working with uh, bigger organizations like for example a couple of years ago I um, started to consult Hauser and Ware gallery and I would uh, come in twice a week to um, to produce projects or projects or even just um, art direct uh, ongoing projects and I think being in a different environment, I think it's definitely something that you have to be adaptable to. Mm. Um, and I actually really loved having that uh, as a contrast. So two days a week, I would go to a bigger organization where there's a lot of hierarchy and structure. And then the other days, I would go back to my studio where it was just a small team and everything was just right there. And I really like, you know, the, the contrast and um, the variety of that. Mm. I think to only have one thing, you know, it's all right, but I think it's more interesting when you are yeah. dealing with lots of different, um, yeah, questions. And I, I think it's also exciting when you have, you know, for example, an exhibition in Somerset and we designed um, uh, exhibition graphics for something so big and so you know well put together there was a whole team of people working on it mm-hmm. i think it's nice to sort of have that as well that experience i think all of these experiences are great you just have to you know appreciate um all the different avenues that there are do, do people um, come to you predominantly for I hope- books still or do, do you get a variety of projects Sorry, you can probably hear my dog snoring in the well, background. Um, can you hear Ralph snoring? <laughs> no, I thought it was you. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm louder than that. Um, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is Ralph? He's good. He's been asleep, though. He's asleep snoring in back, so just yeah. standing there and watching him. Oh, sweet. 
I'll have to edit mm. the snoring out. Um, we <laughs> <laughs> we do um, we do. <laughs> I love the fact that we have a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, of course, love books, and we do a lot of books still. But um, I love doing other projects. Like we recently did um, a, a website, or starting to talk about. Uh, um, a website for an artist in LA, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and we're at the moment working on an identity for um, a paper foundation. It's a it's a really exciting project in um, Lake District. Mm-hmm. There is a paper mill, very old paper mill. Uh, there's a lot of heritage in um, Kendall. And we went to visit it on a train. It's such a beautiful place. Wow. Um, and so the the founder of this uh, mill, who is taking um, care, like generation after generation, you know, his uh, whole family has had this mill for, wow. for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's starting a foundation that is, um, the goals of this foundation is to preserve and to share uh, the skills and the knowledge about paper um, and anything to do with uh, sort of um, art related with paper, like drawing and paper art, paper sculpture, <laughs> I don't know, uh, anything to do with paper. And, and they're going to be making paper. You know, these skills are dying out. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when we went there, we tried to make a sheet of paper, and it's just such a, a joy. To um, experience that, it's such a simple thing in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just a mash of pulp in the yeah. water and and uh, a tray, and it was such a an exciting thing to do. Wow. So yeah, we're working on that. Um, so I really like I really like having having a mix of things. Mm-hmm. Um, just maybe it's my nature that I quite you know quite like to mix things up <laughs> and try try. Uh, when when new projects they almost scare me that's when I know they're going to be good well, <laughs> because good it quote. means that I don't know what they're going to what how they're going to turn out yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's just really um, I think I'm quite often motivated by fear <laughs> yeah. I think it's a it's an embarrassing thing to to admit but I I have this fear of sort of being not good enough mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to being sort of complacent or boring and sort of not innovative and so that's what I, I often push myself to or challenge myself you know to avoid being that how, um, how do you know when it's right I think most people would probably think it's very when it's right yeah. I think it's just intuition <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think intuition really will tell you you have this feeling in your stomach that and if you if you carry on sort of reviewing things for example and you just keep stumbling on something it's already a sign you know when you know you know mm-hmm. and when something is not quite right you keep stumbling on it I mm-hmm. think I, I listen to my gut a lot yeah um, and sometimes and most of the time, it's it's right. <laughs> no, sometimes I'm wrong, but um, how do you know when it's right? Like it's interesting. 
to well, similar similar thing. I mean, I, I know how do you? Yeah, I mean, I I am very much a feeling person, um, and you know, mm. I, I kind of hide behind humor, but I'm I'm also quite uh, <laughs> deeper um, on the inside, and um, certainly my gut mm-hmm. my guts got deeper um, over time, and the. <laughs> the <laughs> I think that I I've always I always talk I always talk about the fact that I I every project was very fearful go through this terrible fearful fearful state of thinking that I would not be able to crack the idea would not be able to come up with a good thing it wouldn't be good enough all this kind of stuff or we'd run out of time and for years yeah. and years years and years I I I lived like that and I realized um I don't know I just kind of realized I couldn't continue with that you have to was, stop it yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be dead. Um, you know, this this constant yeah. stress and fear is not, yeah. is not healthy. Um, so I, I, over time, I kind of it's not st- good. Yeah, you start you're to right. kind of get more more confident about what you're doing, um, knowing that you will survive. Mm. You will live another day. You will you will meet yeah. the deadline. You will do something good um, without losing any without yeah. losing your kind of your standards and your um, determination to do good. Um, but the it, trying to mm. eliminate the fear is actually is a better state to be in, I think. Um, and so if you can shift from the fear that's to... That's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's the trick. Mm. I think it's really good. I mean, you have that little still, like, I think the standard thing is very important that you mm. don't let that go. Yeah. Um, but it's a very thin line, I, I find. I'm, I'm sort of worried that if I just say, oh, it's fine, you know, we'll be fine. Yeah. Then you kind of Given lose up. the edge, but yeah. I think you're right. You know, if we keep stressing out, we're just going to kill ourselves. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess that with every piece of work you do, and no, you know, no one wants that. No, every piece of work you do, you're you're giving so much of yourself. Um, you really are, and, and it's. Uh, mm. I, don't, I don't think people yeah, necessarily understand you, that. You have the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a part of you. It's definitely, and it, it certainly is a part of us because time we spend on doing things is part, you know, that's our life. You yeah. know, if you work on a project for a year, that's a year of your life. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I think, um, hope the clients understand that. <laughs> Well, we're, li- um, we're living in a very different society because, today, you know, yeah. because we've got a situation where you know books. I mean, I think books still are cherished. Yeah, I've got I've got thousands of them in my mm. studio, and, and nobody looks at them. It's just kind of like a wall around my desk. Um, <laughs> but I remember I remember spending time in bookshops buying every single single one of those books. You know, I, I remember falling in love with every single book and buying it, even when I couldn't afford mm. it. Um, and those things I bought for life, and the thought of yeah. them being oh disposable—yeah, th- them being disposable, or, or you know, like today, mm. that the, the communication is is done in different ways, like um, through digital means, for yeah. example. Um, but the you know, you're creating when you create a book, you're actually creating something that's, which was kind of designed to last forever. You know, beyond the read, yeah, beyond it's the, amazing. It's just an I know. I, yeah, go on, yeah. So maybe that, that maybe, it's maybe that, such a different um, as, way as, 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 of as, as, consuming as, as, this information. Yeah, it is. I, 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 sorry, sorry. That's okay. 
It's a long distance phone call. I love picking up a book yeah. from, um, yes. Um, for example, I even just sort of re relive this joy when I share the book with my daughter or my son. Mm -hmm. I think my daughter is older, so I kind of can read her more um, interesting things. Mm -hmm. But um, just picking up a book and sharing with her, um, it's just such a joy. Mm. And I think there is the same joy when you show it on the phone or on the laptop. It's, it's just the attention span is not the same. And when you pick up a book, everything sort of slows down. You are um, in a different kind of environment or setup where you are uh, forced to just take a breather. Mm. Um, you know, I um, read her Myra Kalman book. I, I just love her work so much. And they're so kooky and so funny and just, they contain so much sort of information that normally children are not um, exposed to. You know, we look things up, we look up names of people, who they are, and or it's just really um, such a personal, such a personal take on things. And yeah, I just love books. <laughs> have you ever thought of doing and your own book? I mean, have you done one? No, yet? never. No. <laughs> No, I don't know. No, never thought that. But maybe I should. Well, I I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not says. sure if I'm an author. <laughs> um, I do enjoy sort of designing other people's books, but maybe I don't know. I was thinking of making a book of my own books, but that'd be cool. Um, a book of books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It will be fun. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'll have lots of time on my hands in a few months <laughs> to redesign my website, to make a book of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how do you get we'll work? We'll see what is, the future brings. Is your work just uh, word of mouth? Mostly, yeah. Um, we started using sort of social media to share and promote what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think it has helped to just get word around. Um, it's difficult to know, you know, what you, you know, whether you really get some work out of it, but I think you do get, um, we, we have inquiries just based on social media. Um, but mostly, yeah, I think just, I'm not sure how. I think um, the first six years, uh, when I first set up the studio, I emailed, like 10 people at least each day. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would email people and I would just say, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You know, I'd really like to be interested in new projects and just kind of put myself out there. And then the work just came flowing in, you know, almost like too much. So I had to manage that. And then after, after four or five years, um, sort of slowed down and so I realized that I can't really relax into it too much mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I yeah so quite um, then we started doing the thing where for Christmas we would make a card mm -hmm. but very unusual card and something interesting 
um, so a Christmas message, but sort of with a twist. Mm-hmm. And that got us a few projects, um, which was nice. Yeah, I think just trying to do a bit of communication with people. Mm-hmm. But I don't have anyone sort of, um, I don't employ anyone who gets us work. Sometimes I thought about that, but um, in the end, never, yeah. never hired anyone. Um, yeah, I think just at the moment, it's just doing, trying to do interesting projects and then letting people know about them. Um, you know, there are usual kind of um, avenues like LinkedIn and Instagram. and um, But also, yeah, just going to uh, events and talking with people. That's kind of a bit of a mixture of... Yeah. And do you, um, do you always get just, just get enough work. enough work? Yeah. Um, luckily, yes, I think. There was only one time that I didn't have enough work and it was kind of scary mm-hmm. period a mm-hmm. few years back. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started those Christmas cards. And that kind of, you know, then I, I think from that I learned that I have to periodically just um, do these self-promotional exercises mm-hmm. because if people don't know about you or if they don't know what you're doing you know it's then there's very little chance that you will um, get new work but and you know it's interesting for example if we're starting to work with an artist for one gallery that gallery that artist might be represented by another gallery <laughs> so you sort of get connected by mm introductions and um, for example this is how we started to work with um, Victoria Miro Gallery because an artist that we are working with um, uh, for Cartier Foundation in Paris she's also represented by Victoria Miro and so it's sort of like a network or things connected and you just have to kind of show up and, and present yourself um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. definitely not, in my case, a kind of like uh, an operation, <laughs> you know, it's an, on a much smaller scale, mm. but we do have to think about it and not forget, you know, and just kind of sometimes we need to meet with potential clients. Um, I quite like that, you know, just getting to know new people. I know you yeah. do like that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. Um, what about think, yeah? What about um, the the generally the the landscape right now in London? Is is it um, a, a business is finding it tougher because of um, what's going on? Um, do you mean most recently? Yeah. Or well, I guess you yeah. have Brexit as well. We've well. um, had a whole stream of things going on yeah, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think um, there was already a feeling that things might go down a bit um, with Brexit mm-hmm. and. You know, I, it's difficult to say broadly, but I know for myself, um, we have a lot of clients in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just wondering how that's going to be affected. But so far, it hasn't really affected me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I think time will tell, you know. Mm-hmm. I think what's going on now, I really hope it doesn't last um, for a huge this time because it will really 
essentially small studios like me will just destroy me you know it can it has a potential of sort of bringing me down to like staff of zero <laughs> yeah. um um i really wouldn't want that to happen part like majorly because uh good people are hard to find to work with and yeah. when you get to know someone and you get used to working together yeah. it's a really an upheaval to sort of find someone new and i really value the people i work with so much it's just beyond you know, like i can't express enough the whole um the team that we have and how it works mm-hmm. it basically if you take that away i'd have to start all over again and <clears throat> I think it affects me because I am someone who gets attached a lot to people. Yeah. Um, and so if they leave, it's sort of like, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard. Isn't it? it's, a, it's, a, it's hard, yeah. Um, but I also have to be level-headed and, and say to myself, well, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's a bus- you know, it's a business and we will have to adapt whatever happens. Just, I think, deep, deep breath and take one day at a time. You know, if it happens that we don't have any projects, well, then we'll find something, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great approach. There, there will be many solutions, yep. you know, um, but we'll see. Time no, will cool. tell. That's cool. But for the moment, I think just do the best you can with mm-hmm. what we have. You know, yeah. I think this situation has brought us to assess every day for what it is. You know, just say, okay, this is what's happening today. I have to do this and this and this, and tomorrow will be another day. Mm, absolutely. But yeah, I think there are lots of, um, you know, things are changing so fast in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think I have to read less news. <laughs> That's a it's good point. Very easy to, very easy to get caught up in it, and then you feel very depressed. <laughs> were you were you in the um, studio? Sort in, of get in Clerkenwell. We had we had we always had MTV in the corner on the nice TV playing all the time. We were there. Yeah. And, and remember September? Were you there on September 11th? And when it was just like yes, live? I was. Yeah. Oh my god. It's yeah. A, it's a bit like that it, all over insane. again. Yeah. It's just like yeah. Oh my god, the whole world. I just witnessed this thing, and and mm, you know, obviously, horrific. like this is different, but the whole world is involved in this. Um, yeah, and, and it's not going away quickly. Um, and there was definitely a time yeah. when I was just watching every single news channel. I was reading the papers. I was mm. on my you know phone reading the stuff. I was just like saturated. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it because I wanted to understand what was happening and where it was happening in the world and yeah. what to prepare for and all this kind of stuff. Different people's perspective on. Is it going to be a recession? Is it going to create a depression? All this stuff. Mm. You go, oh my God, I can't actually, I can't filter this anymore. And people around me who cared about <laughs> me kept saying, God, you know, Vince, you gotta, you gotta stop reading all this stuff. You're bringing everybody down. Stop sending me these things. <laughs> I'm like, I see something on my phone. And I flick oh it, God. flick it to a friend, going, Oh my God, look at this. And they'd be like, they yeah. In the end, they they didn't respond. In the end, they're like. Can you please just stop sending me this mm. stuff? I don't want to know. And, I, and then I get, and then I get really frustrated. Going, what do you mean you don't want to know? You can't, you can't ignore what's going on, man. Anyways, 
yeah I've, true I've, I've leveled out a bit now i'm kind of looking at it just for a little bit every day <laughs> um, yeah me too you know just enough to get by i want to know yeah i want to know but um i just have to kind of let go at some point to in order to be you know that's the challenge right like we have to be creative we have to be enthusiastic about something and it's really difficult to be enthusiastic when you're thinking that the world is going to be over (laughs) (laughs) you know when there's so many people dying it's extremely sad sad thing it is and it feels so because we're sort of locked up and we don't see anything um it's very surreal what's happening you know you only hear of oh this person's ill or this person died it's awful True, so um, we have to sort of we have to kind of carry on though like I keep you know having this family and small kids it helps me to also bring me to another reality where I first of all have responsibility um, and you know we have to find joy in every day despite what's happening mm-hmm. um, and the kids kind of help me to sort of forget it for a bit you know, them being silly and talking about movies that they just watched. And um, I think they're having the best time of their life, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's going to be hard for them to adjust, adjust to going back to school back. after, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, they're happy as Larry. They're, yeah. they're, you know, with parents all the time. They don't go to school. They Great watch food. TV. Yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> What's not to like? You know, just talking about um, designers, because designers are often naturally optimistic, and that's what, you know, that's a trait that we have in terms of going, you Mm. take somebody's problem or you take something complex and actually you see potential in it. You see the potential of an idea and how to, you see the future in a way um, of what that Mm. book might look like or that brand or that environment or whatever it might be. You see, Mm. in your mind, you can just see, take that information, analyze it, and I'm making it simple here, analyzing but you can project mm. what it's going to become and i think that the the thing that's getting me right now is just the uncertainty of i feel like um i feel like i'm being suppressed and that's not great for creativity um mm. although that right. could, that could create you know other things come out of that um yeah but, but in terms of that that optimism it's like it's normally up but like lately it's just like yeah quashed and um mm. I'm actually turning to actually just doing doing designing some projects again, um, which brilliant. Uh, and and I just feel like I lose myself in it for a bit, playing around and stuff. Yeah. And that kind of is yeah. It's a bit of a meditation. It kind of takes you away from the uh, what's going on in the world or the fear element of it when you're actually genuinely playing with design or typography or whatever it might be, an idea mm. could be a business idea. Um, and um, I love that. Yeah, but I think in terms of the the optimism, that's what scares me is that when that optimism gets um, squashed. Squashed. <laughs> yeah, squish squashed. Yeah. Quashed. What? what? Um. Quished. Squashed. <laughs> yes, I would like a squash. Um, yeah, when it when it gets squish squashed, um, it's actually you know yeah, ugh, it's the worst feeling. Flattened out. Mm. Yeah. But what you say about make, get going back to making things, you know, that's such a basic human need to to make something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and that's amazing. That kind of can save us, I think. You know, we, I think of optimism as, okay, it can be sometimes squished, squashed, <laughs> <laughs> but you can pick it up again. You know, you can kind of pick it up again and it's, and reshape it. And then, you know, it can, I think humans are resilient. Yeah, you're totally right. And we can, you know, it can, yes. And sometimes we're down and I think we, we have to um, accept that sometimes that is like that and don't have to beat yourself up about it. Mm. But I think I totally understand what you mean. You know, if you don't know what, what's the future, then it's hard to be optimistic. But I think it's just like our emotional muscle you know, that we need to exercise constantly to, and you can do that through making, through meditation, through breathing. It's, we have so many tools around us, you know, sure. we, we're, we, we've explored all of this exercise, um, indoors, <laughs> stuck indoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I feel really, really, like it's gonna be okay. It's it's a terrible thing, mm -hmm. um, but we just need to be smart. Like if everyone stays at home and doesn't, maybe you know you skip a job today. Maybe you do something exercise at home. Mm -hmm. I just think it's everyone needs to be stricter, and that's my kind of point of view just of today. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I totally um, agree with you. Um, I just for uh, it to, yeah. Yeah, I was just it was um it's funny I was I was texting Matt Willie in New York I was just seeing how he was going at the How week. is he? Uh, he was he's he's good. He's I mean he's obviously just been a pentagram partner for 2 weeks and then they all moved off site so oh, he's dealing with that yeah. but I mean what he what he said was obviously it's frustrating to be you know working from his kitchen um but the thing is he just said um just to be able to concentrate on doing good work is was really uh important for him. Um and mm. obviously not to worry too much about things and put and put pressure on himself, but kind of be more around focusing on just on the work. And I think that's something yeah. which is, um, I think you also realize when you're working in a, in a larger organization amongst people in a physical space, there's a lot of distractions, a lot of, um, you know, hierarchy and all this kind of stuff that kind of gets in the way politics and things like that. Not mm. always, but I think just talking generally yeah. is that when you're, when you're forced to, um, be by yourself um when you're forced mm. to actually sit and think and contemplate uh how, how, how might you kind of tackle the project or what we do start playing mm -hmm. with it there's a certain kind of amount of i guess endorphins and things that come out of that 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 make you feel good mm. it gives you the pleasure yeah um, sometimes better than chocolate um but you know what i mean it's just that yeah it's that feeling that you're looking for totally no yeah I totally know the feeling. I mean, sometimes when I have a new project um, and I'm kind of worried about it, you know, um, that fear again, I just go in on to the studio on the weekend when there's no one there. And I complete, I sit in a complete solitude mm -hmm. with no phone calls or anyone talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stew in that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I work on it. Cry yourself. Completely alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so scared. Yeah. But you break, you break yeah, through you it. Yeah, you go through. Yeah, and then it's such a euphoria at the end of that. Mm. You know, when you've cracked it. And I come home and I say to Ed, I've cracked it. I think I've cracked it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure he's known you cracked it's so it for funny a long time. That... <laughs> I'm a crackpot, Ed. Um, I realize. Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, look, um, we've had a really great chat. This is not three hours long. Um, no, it's <laughs> Sorry. One hour I 20. No, no, it's been brilliant catching up with you, Sonia. I love, I love the conversation. Oh, I love so reconnecting nice with you. you. And thank you for Me all Me too. And thank you so I much. I love you, Vin. Oh, you too. You too, Sonia. And um, oh, thank you so much care, for, for your honesty and your openness and um, for your focus on doing such amazing things. So well done, Sonia. Thank you so much, Vin. Take, Take care, care of, yourself. of yourself. Bye, darling. And family. Thank you, love, too. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you all for listening. If you want to find out more about Designing Your Life, head over to our website at designyourlife.com.au or on our social media at Frost Collective. If you enjoyed this episode and found it inspiring, please don't forget to review or subscribe.